it's a faux nostalgia, you could say. Oh, that's an interesting point, Thomas. They want to capture the feeling and the look, but they have their own messaging that it actually is, in a lot of ways, the antithesis of what the messaging was at the time in which the original was created. And so you're telling these kids that they have no purpose, they have no history to be proud of, they have no truth to fall back on, and how... How are we surprised? Don't get fooled again. <laughs> you know, yeah. the past is not where all the good things are. We live still in the greatest country at the greatest time you could live here. And we are capable of creating new, brand new, incredible, lightning in a bottle moments. Hello, and welcome to the Pop Culture Contrarian Podcast with Thomas Sterling and Andrew. Hello. Uh, Hi, guys. Today's episode is titled Nostalgia, Don't Get Fooled Again. We did take our inspiration from that famous Who song, uh, if you are if you were wondering. All right, so we were- Nostalgia, you know. Yeah, right. Get it? We're, Get it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm nostalgic for the 70s, 20 years before I was born. Anyhow. <laughs> Anyhow, we were discussing and we realized that there's an awful lot of nostalgia floating around these days in the kind of corporate media official world. And we were just kind of speculating on why and and what we think about that. And uh, we found that we each have kind of a slightly different opinion about what it means and what the result is. We don't disagree, but we have, I think, an each an interesting take. So that's what we're going to do today. We're each going to outline our take and uh, then we're going to discuss it and try to tell you what we think maybe you should expect in the future. All right, so Thomas. Yes. Would you like to kick us off outlining your position on all this nostalgia we see? Okay. Everyone experiences nostalgia, and I think I think it's kind of a universal, right? And it tends to be, obviously, it's connected to the past, and it's con- connected to those experiences from the past, and it's something that we kind of have, we elevate in our mind's eye as, like, the good times. Yeah. The good old days, right? In regards to specific things, and I think in the context in which we were kind of – when we were knocking around this idea for topic, we were talking about movies and how it seems like Hollywood's kind of gotten caught in this nostalgia kind of focus. Yeah. And so in that light, I'm thinking of nostalgia in the light of like artistic stuff, mm-hmm. at least in my opinion. And – um I think kind of what nostalgia is is like somebody comes up with this creative thing almost as like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Captures it. And they're like, this is brilliant. And everybody is kind of caught up in the moment of it. And it's very it, – it tends to be generally very positive. So can you give an example of that or should I do that? I mean if we want to talk about movies, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean we got the Star Wars franchise. Sure, sure. Star Wars, the first Star Wars movie that came out that kind of – created a type that was copied and copied and copied and copied, but it still is like, you know, the gold standard right. for this, the space opera, I guess is what they, yeah. Um, yep. Right. Yeah. Um, slightly more recent example would be the Harry Potter, Harry books Potter books is, yeah. is, and then the movies actually were very good off of that. So I think those are, um, examples. One personally, just, you know, for me, I, uh, I experienced ET and for whatever reason, Things that I see uh, regarding that point in time, which was what came out in 82 or 83, I think, it has that 
even that era of American history for me, in my own mind, as a child, I have this kind of fondness for. Mm -hmm. And so when Stranger Things came out. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great throwback. Right. It is. And and that Stranger Things heavily relied on E.T. It it did. That that whole mid-early 80s kind of vibe being in like uh, suburban America. That Mm -hmm. that was. Styles, the cars, the. The games, games the, yeah. the, the, the school, language. the feeling of yep. school, all those things, I, it just kind of brought it to me. And that, and that really, I think, propelled that show in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Yeah. For popularity. But it captured something there. And so that's at least my example of, of nostalgia, at least in Hollywood entertainment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Andrew? I think particularly what we're seeing now, and Stranger Things is a good example and there are a variety of other examples. Uh, another one would be Burger King. Okay. Recently brought their logo back to the 1970s version. Uh-huh. I think the Ford Bronco, that's more of a retro style. Because they've, they've started manufacturing the Bronco again. That's right. Yeah. And it's more along like the original 1960s straight lines. Mm-hmm. Those are just a couple of examples. And then there are, of course, the movies you mentioned, like Star Wars and a variety. And we can talk about other examples later on. But I think the reason it happens is because of hard times. Hmm. And so when a society goes through a struggle or when there's an inability to see the future or yeah, anything path forward. Right. If there's nothing good happening and it's like, okay, I don't know where we're going with this, yeah. but I know where we came from. And so there is a cultural desire to look back on what we know. Yeah. And what we view as good times. Right. And that is an, an answer to why all this stuff is so popular right now, because nostalgia is a really prolific phenomenon Yeah, in all kinds of things, uh, music and movies and consumer goods and all kinds of things right now. Right. Okay. So my position is a little bit more uh, maybe pessimistic than your two. Uh, Not that y'all really had a position. But anyhow, what I'm seeing is a lot of nostalgia being used kind of selfishly, uh, lazily by the corporate world. So you're seeing things, and I'll give an example that's very recent. So in the the current Star Wars show, because since Disney bought Star Wars, there's always something Star Wars coming out. I've stopped watching it because you should too. It's Disney Wars. It's not Star Wars. Anyhow. <laughs> Disney Wars. The current Star Wars show is Ahsoka. And Ahsoka is a character from the Clone Wars show, which is, that's already 15 years old. So that's some nostalgia right there. So they're bringing her back, giving her her own show. But what they've also done is they've reintroduced Anakin Skywalker. Even though Darth Vader is dead at this point in the timeline, Anakin is also dead. They brought Hayden Christensen, the actor from Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith back and are having him play Anakin Skywalker. And part of it is kind of touching because he didn't get love at the time of the movies were coming out and now people do love him and it's nice to see him getting that appreciation that I feel he deserves. I think maybe you have a different take on that. Yeah, I was not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> but the young people were, and that's the point, He, the mm-hmm. young people weren't able to express that at the time and now they are. You old codger. <laughs> this raises in my mind, actually, right now, a kind of interesting phenomenon because we're dealing, well, essentially, we're almost three different generations sitting here. Right. You two are 
we're we're you're on the older the same generation. You're the older. Yeah, I'm an of, older millennial. millennial. Yeah, I'm you're in the I'm such a young millennial. I'm almost Gen, Z, Gen Z, but not quite. Right. Um, how does a let's just use Gen Z, the Zoomer. I, I, I'm highly offended by that. <laughs> <laughs> a young millennial. There we go. How can it be nostalgia for them when they actually never experienced it from the past? That's a good question. It is a good question, but I think nostalgia isn't necessarily something you have to have lived through. Usually it is. Like when you're talking to a friend, you're like, hey, you remember that time and you both yeah. reminisce? That's obviously- Well, that, that's the spirit of what nostalgia experience. is. It's, it's of a past experience that you're then reminiscing on. Yeah. And, maybe, yeah. maybe it would be more difficult to reminisce about things from before your life if we didn't have all these music and movies and fashion and preserved record of what it was like back then. Yeah. I think it's, and well, it's pop culture, which is the story of our culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is preserved, as you said, in artifacts and all kinds of things, you know, music, et cetera. Also, I think if you've got people who lived in that and who are, talking about that too and they can share their experience mm -hmm. it's like a shared story of, right of our people you, you internalize it it almost becomes something you experienced yourself right. mm -hmm. so it, it is interesting to me that our nostalgia that we're looking back on is it doesn't really go right now it's almost feel like it's 80-ish in the in 1980s mm -hmm. it's yeah. not going back to much past the 70s it i mean well uh, i mean which is funny that's hardly surprising given the no, movers and shakers of our world. Well, the today. only yeah. the only caveat to that I would say is the World War II stuff because yeah. we still have a fascination with that era, yeah. but that's no longer really nostalgia for any of us, obviously, because we didn't experience it. Yeah, I'm not nostalgic for the time when the Nazis were killing people. You no, know? <laughs> but there is a nostalgia to uh, America at that time. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. a nostalgia of purpose almost. Yeah, where there was such a clear yeah. But we've talked about World War II before. We have. So. I'm just, I just find it fascinating that in the era we're in, the nostalgia that we're looking to is the 1980s, not really beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thought. Yeah, and, well, there's examples. There are several examples. There's 70s, too. Like mm. the Burger King logo is 70s. Right. Mm. Right. Uh, the Broncos, that 60s. That would have gone through. I mean, Star Wars does come from the 70s as well. Yeah, but it, but it kind of bleeds. I think I feel like, and this is me, I, but I feel like the 80s was a very economically prosperous era of mm -hmm. you know, after coming through the the depression of the, well, the, the, the downward, uh, what, stagflation of the 70s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and oil the, crisis, oil I crisis, mean, all these things. feels very deceptive to me to call it the stagflation of the seventies instead of the stagflation of Jimmy Carter. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But uh, the eighties was like an era that was like bright, exciting, hopeful things are getting better kind of feel to it. Mm -hmm. I, otherwise known as the Reagan years. Yes. <laughs> um, and these things are not coincidental. So I, I, I don't, I understand why, the eighties has this kind of like aura of nostalgia around it because of there was a lot of good, exciting yeah. new things happening. Yeah. Um, and you know, the cold war comes to an end at the end of it. I mean, right. And there, there could be, I think this kind of speaks a little bit more to your, uh, position on this or your thought on this, that the pace of advancement has kind of stagnated 
recently. That's not to say we aren't living in the future, we aren't living in a high-tech world, and there aren't new things coming out that we couldn't have imagined fairly frequently. But I do feel like, at least in my lifetime, the highest period of innovation where technology was rapidly changing was the 90s to the mid to late 2000s. Yeah, well, I think the nature of advancement is unsettling Mm -hmm. because AI is such a unknown thing. Yeah. And it's kind of like talking, they're talking about, Oh, it's going to change the world. But in such a disruptive way, it's like, we don't know if this is actually going to make our lives better. It might make them a lot worse. Bernie Sanders is already calling for us to have a shorter work week because of AI. But I think Bernie Sanders (laughs) would call for us to have a shorter work week if Rain fell on his head. I, I don't know what would make him not want a shorter work week. Yeah. So that linked with bad things happening in the world. You know, we just yeah. came through the global pandemic a few years ago, yeah. um, which no one living today had ever seen anything like that before. Right. Really, the way that we handled it is the first time anything in human history like that had happened. Yeah, it's the first time. The countries all over the world were just like, we're shutting down. <laughs> right. Uh, that's never happened before. Right. And then, you know, the economic impact that we're still feeling. Yeah. Uh, well, in some ways beginning to feel, because I just saw a report recently that, you know, the COVID money for Americans at least really has run out It now. just ran out. Yeah. Uh, and so now we're finally seeing the result of all those horrible decisions we made back then. Well, you, um, it is interesting generally – Throughout m- major crises that have happened in our nation's history, there is a kind of a, a unifying factor to that crisis lots of times. Yeah. Which never really happened during COVID. I think. Well, all, it happened for like the first two weeks. Right. And then it's just, it's divided us in ways that. It's just crazy how much it – whereas like when 9-11 happened, and I remember mm-hmm. just plain, plain as day. I mean I remember that day it was – and I was actually living in Atlanta at the time. And I remember walking around. Uh, we drove to different spots in the city. And it was the weirdest feeling knowing that every single person you were seeing was talking about the same thing. Yeah. I was seven, and I remember that. You know, and it was – I have never experienced anything like that since. And it, it – but it, there was a unifying factor to it because everybody agreed this was terrible. Yeah. And that something needed to be done about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if part of it also was that it was localized to New York City, obviously, but – it did affect the whole nation because there were people from everywhere. Well, and New York City and D.C., the Pentagon. Right, right. I think the difference is being able to assign an external aggressor right. versus a virus is just everything, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right, and the enemy, and how do you the, deal with the it? Yeah. reason COVID becomes, became so politicized and is so hard to talk about now is not because of the virus. It's not like the virus has been politicized. It's the people and the people's responses to it. And so you have these differing responses to it. And, uh, some places it seemed to work out pretty well, (laughs) Florida Mm. and some places badly, California. I'm not saying anything political at all. No. Um, (laughs) but 
Yeah, so so you had clear camps on what to do about this. So it became a real dividing point instead of a unifying point. Yeah. Right. And so back to our nostalgia point and kind of point that you're making It here. does point exactly to what I'm saying. Right. There's a sense in which we're so divided right now as a country and yes. culturally we're feeling it. And we're like, man, the good old days when we could we were we weren't ashamed to be Americans. Right. Everybody, it didn't matter if you're on the right or the left everybody still believed in America and loved America. And I feel like we're not, we're not experiencing that today. Well, I absolutely right. And I think that's because there's a huge swath of people who are taught not to love America anymore. I can vouch for that with my peers. You know, I once heard a peer say, man, I hate America. This was a guy who born and raised in Texas, lived in America all his life, did not have a bad life. Uh, and he's like, I, I, I don't, I love America. And he was like, why? And I was like, well, one thing you can walk down the street every day of my life so far without really any significant risk of being mugged or shot or killed. Basically mm -hmm. you're safe. You know, that's just one tiny example of why you should actually like your country. But well, when you tell a generation of kids that truth is objective, nothing is really certain. There is really no purpose. And the context of the founding of our nation is slavery. Right. And those crimes were so bad, they can never be forgiven. Yes. And totally ignore the revolutionary human rights providing systems that we pioneered in this world. Yeah. Um, and devoid of all context, you know, not, not to say, oh, yes, we were the evils of slavery. By the way, every single nation in the world at that time, utilized slavery. Guess what? We abolished it. Yeah. Uh, there's a really popular clip going around right now of a, two of these comedians with the podcast. I can't remember their names, but uh, it's this Asian guy and this redhead. And the Asian guy, he's Korean, and he says, you know, unlike you people, and they're kind of jokingly racist, but anyhow, he says, unlike you people, you know, we Koreans never had like a, a practice of slavery. And the other guy's like, I don't know about that. Why don't you look it up to the other guy? And the third person looks it up and he's like, Korea had the longest unbroken chain of slavery in history. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, everyone did this. Yes. Doesn't yeah. mean it's good, but the context is erased. Yeah. And so you're telling these kids that they have no purpose. They have no history to be proud of. They have no truth to fall back on. And how, how are we surprised? Yeah, so they're rejecting today, and they're saying, I guess the 80s were pretty good, mm -hmm. and so they're enjoying this nostalgia. But I think the other thing, and this is a point I wanted to say, I think it relates to your point, that we're saying it's the corporate world, largely, that's pushing this nostalgia stuff. Uh, uh, Burger King, Disney, yeah. Uh, Ford. Yeah, we see plenty of evidence. That uh, the from corporate marketing. world is acknowledging that, yes, uh, people want nostalgia now. And so if you're right that nostalgia represents a wish for better times because times now are not so good, then that's kind of undercutting the official corporate media poly, uh, current White House administration position, right? Yeah, that's true. You know, I guess you see it every day. Oh, things are great. Things are fine. Joe Biden, he doesn't get credit for all the good things he does. Right. And Exactly. It's like, you need to give us credit where credit's due. Everything's doing better. You know, yeah. the um, gas prices are down. There is no crisis at the border. Yeah. Yeah. 
what um, I find interesting is when is the nature of nostalgia versus the reality of history. Mm. Because I do think that that is one of the deceptive aspects of nostalgia. Yeah. Let's let's look at the 1980s. Yes, there was a lot of economic growth and boom and all these things and there was a pride in being an American. Reagan, you know, was the great communicator and he was a great president. But if you were to buy a car from the 1980s versus a car of today and you could get them both brand new, what would you choose? Yeah, the current car is way more luxurious. Way better. I mean, the technology is developed, the the conveniences, um, the gas mileage, all those things. So, you know, in, in a lot of ways, in some ways, even the cars of the 1980s, because they came after the the fuel crisis and all that other stuff were almost worse in some aspects than the cars of the seventies. So there's some interesting aspects of how nostalgia ignores some of the challenges of the history yeah. while elevating almost more of the, the good things and the feelings associated with those good things. Well, the whole notion of the good old days is based on the premise of you tend to remember good things and, like as a human being suppress the bad things yeah. and it's kind of just how we're wired. Yep. It's what we do. I, yeah. on that, as an example of that, I recently had a childhood friend reach out to me on Facebook and he was like, Hey man, long ago we were playing this video game and you accused me of practicing on my own cause I knew what to do. And I lied up and down and said, no, 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 I absolutely didn't. And uh, I just wanted to actually come forward and say, sorry, I, I did practice on my own and I lied to you. And I was like, <laughs> I don't remember that at all, but you know, that was eating at him for decades. Decades. Yeah. 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 But it's just an example. Like I remember the bad things I did as a child, but I don't remember most of the bad things done to me as a child. Right. And that's probably because it was suppressed. I'm wondering in a little bit, this just popped in my head. So I'm sorry if I'm taking us on a little bit of rabbit trail. As with nostalgia, nostalgia is positive memory. You could say of past events. Yeah. I wonder if trauma can work similarly in that sometimes those traumatic things we've experienced in the past, I wonder if they can also get overemphasized in our memory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it was worse than. Right. Kind of like nostalgia makes things better is, is memories of trauma somehow. Can they not to say that they weren't true trauma, but I wonder, especially in our culture today where we elevate victimization as like this status of, virtue almost the the idea of reliving or exposing your trauma or leaning into your trauma it almost i wonder if there's this kind of a sense in which at the same time as we're doing this thing positively with nostalgia oh the good old days Mm -hmm. are we doing on the other side something with our past wrongs uh uh, and experiences and we're almost magnifying them beyond what almost making them out of context really large. I think that's absolutely right. And it's related to the story I just related where mm-hmm. as an American, we remember the bad things Americans have done in the past, mm-hmm. but we don't remember the context of the world at the time. And it's right. like uh, uh, with the eighties, for example, in the eighties, we remember technology advancing. We remember the cool movies, music, fashion, whatever. We don't remember that there was actually a very real worry for most of the people alive at the time, I think, that the Soviet Union mm-hmm. would declare war in the United States and World War III and a nuclear mm-hmm. exchange would happen. The whole thermonuclear war. Right. And now we have the benefit of hindsight and we know 
there wasn't actually nearly as big a threat as they thought because the USSR was weaker than it made out to be, and that's why it collapsed. But if you didn't know that in the 80s and you didn't, then that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that the Soviet Union is weaker than it actually appears because all you know is what it appears. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, I think there's absolutely, we look at nostalgia, nostalgia is rose-colored glasses, but then with trauma, it's, I don't know, ash-colored glasses. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Magnifying glasses. You could say it's pain-tinted versus uh, uh, hope-tinted. You know, maybe that's a way of expressing the distinction. Um, So anyway, Mm -hmm. it is interesting that we are in an era, and I don't know if this is unique to our era we're living in now, but I mean, it we're not just us, but a lot of people notice notice this phenomenon of high nostalgia being, especially like you're saying in the corporate. I don't know if this is the most we've experienced this kind of thing. Is it is it just made bigger because of social media, or is it really a a high nostalgia era? I think that there's a chance that it's made bigger due to social media, but I speculate that eras like this have always happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that when in times are tough, people always look back. They look back. Yeah. I don't have any specific examples of that. Yeah. Um, well, well, let's look at movies as an example. Okay. okay. So in the two thousands, you had a lot of new movie franchises coming onto the scene. You had the Harry Potter movies. Those were still fresh because the books had just come out in the nineties and were still being written until 2007. And so you had, That whole decade was the Harry Potter decade, basically, with Harry Potter 1 in 2001 and Harry Potter 8 in 2011. And then you also had things like Pirates of the Caribbean, another brand new franchise. You had, for the first time, superheroes coming to the big screen with Mm -hmm. Spider-Man, X-Men. You also had some nostalgia. You had Star Wars prequels, but it was a new story. And I think there's a clear differentiation between the Star Wars original series and while the prequels obviously are completely dependent on that. They're less nostalgic for the original series than the sequels clearly are, Mm. I think. Uh, Maybe. I think they were long, the Star Wars fans were long yearning for them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I just think the sequels put the nostalgia into overdrive compared to the prequels. So you had kind of more originality, is my argument, in the 2000s in movies. And then now... I mean, this year we had an Indiana Jones movie come out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think that says most of the message here, but you've also got Star Wars is still the biggest franchise in the world and it's still coming out with new stuff every day, seemingly with Disney. And I mean, look at Disney's, all these live action remakes. They're just, hey, this was a movie you liked in the 90s. See it again, but now with CGI (laughs) instead Mm -hmm. of animation. So I, I think movies demonstrate that and I... My argument is that it's extremely lazy, especially the way Disney's been doing it more recently, where they're saying, hey, you like this character, so we don't actually have to write anything compelling. We just have to include the character, and the fact that you like them will mean you like this product. Yeah, there's definitely a way to do this well and honor the time that you're trying to capture, and there's just like a a money grab, which we're seeing in that case, you know, I've I really think they would do better to study and understand the original, the, mm-hmm. the era, the original product, and like why people thought.
thought that was so good. I mean, there are plenty of products that are being produced right now that are good nostalgia mm-hmm. products that really capture that feeling of whatever era they were from. Yeah, I'm sure the new Ford Bronco is a good car. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's way better than the original. There you go. But I don't think anyone reasonable <laughs> would say the new Star Wars product is better than the original. Well, this is where I think the problem with at least uh, Hollywood's nostalgia has run into because Hollywood's nostalgia, on it, ironically, is not a true nostalgia. It's a faux nostalgia, you could say. Oh, that's an interesting point, they, Thomas. They want to capture the feeling and the look, but they have their own messaging that it actually is, in a lot of ways, the antithesis yeah. of what the messaging was at the time in which the original was created. It's a cloaked Nostalgia. Uh, Nostalgia and sheep's clothing. The Disney, (laughs) Peter Pan, and Wendy show is a good example of that. Mm. Oh, man, that is a good example. Where it's nostalgia to first a century ago when when the books were first written, but then, of course, the Disney uh, animated film in 50s, 60s, whenever that was. And and there's been more and more since then. But then this show is, hey, it's Peter Pan. You like Peter Pan, right? But we're going to get all this feminist and woke messaging into it and have – the Lost Boys also be girls, and you're not supposed to notice that. Yeah, and if you do, you're a bigot or you're a sexist. That, I think, is what has made this a weird kind of era of nostalgia because it's almost like Hollywood is recognizing and placating to this this uh, desire that people have for the old things, but they're not willing to actually give them the old things. Yeah, because the old things were bad and yeah. wrong, and you yeah. shouldn't want them. Right. Right. It's almost like, hey, let's use this as an education opportunity to train you and indoctrinate you against those old things that you love so much. This is actually related to a larger, um, I think, problem in the academic world. Mm. Uh, So critical race theory, we all know and hate. (laughs) Um, But critical race theory is a part of a larger thing called critical theory, which is basically just where you look at something from the past and you find out what's wrong with it. So Mm. you are in college and a critical theory based course would have you read Shakespeare, read Macbeth and say, how could Macbeth be better? (laughs) How could I write better than Shakespeare did? Well, it's more than that. It's almost like a deconstructing of it and trying to find what's, uh, what's problematic about it based on a new set of values, you could say. And, and it's a learning from it, but then it's not actually an appreciation of it as the work of art that it is. Yeah, and with Macbeth or any Shakespeare masterpiece right. that it is. Or like history itself. It's like not recognizing the nuanced nature of history and the different stories it's telling and that history actually never has been controlled by any one entity mm-hmm. or the patriarchy. As our culture is experiencing this kind of nostalgia era, we could say, and you were pointing to there's – there's this, we do look at, um, not only economically, we're feeling kind of the the negativity of the world we're living in right now. The That's t- right. The, the suffering. But we just have to look at data, like, for example, especially regarding young people, suicide rates that are, like, mm-hmm. just going through the roof compared to just a decade or two decades ago. Yeah. Um, School dr- shootings. Uh, compared drug to use. 2018. Yeah. Drug use. Um uh, just there's a despair is what I'm saying. Yeah. We're seeing a cultural yeah. despair um, about the future. It's seemingly when I don't know about you all when you were, you know, high schoolers, but I remember 
being a, like a junior in high school, had my first like real job working at McDonald's and, you know, I had my car and I was, and it, there was a real sense of kind of like that classic, the world is your oyster kind of thing. It's like the possibilities of your future seem just as broad as the horizon. Mm-hmm. And there was an excitement to live life. I don't know that teenagers today feel that. I don't think they do. Um, I don't think they feel it. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. My um, wife has, over the years, spent a fair amount of time teaching high school-aged kids mm-hmm. and talked about that exact thing, how the kids were like, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? Uh, I don't know. Don't even know if the country will be around when that happens. And saying actual things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is so heartbreaking and is really terrifying. But I couldn't say that they're wrong to feel that way. No, not at all, especially with what they're being told. Right. So that's the thing. I don't know that they feel that the world's their oyster, but some of them are being told the world is your oyster. And it's because your ancestors were terrible people. And so you have to reject the fact that the world is your oyster and debase yourself your whole life to make Mm -hmm. up for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And or they're being told the world's going to end in five years because the global warming is going to kill us all. So we could say, you know, what do you expect? Of course people are committing a suicide. Or we could say, (laughs) maybe this is what they expected. (laughs) Maybe it's why they're pushing this stuff. You know, if that's the case, it's certainly not like a group of men around a table where (laughs) we're going to make this happen. Well, except when they meet up at Davos. (laughs) (laughs) I think that there is, there's a, we're we're con- we're being conditioned, or the culture seems to be conditioned, to see the bad first rather than to see the positive. Mm-hmm. It's we're a bunch of pessimists now rather than optimists. Because and nobody's sure of anything. Historically, America has been a country of optimism, not pessimism. Right. right. That's been like the huge cultural difference between America and Great Britain, right? Definitely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think there are, if we take the time to look. It is an exciting time to be alive. The technological developments we're seeing in the positive, the possibilities for positives are tremendous. I mean, we're here in this room speaking to these people in their home, in their car, wherever they are. The the freedom that people have to, to create has never been higher. (laughs) It's just, it's, it's the reality of um, this modern world we're living in. And I think we're also, experiencing a culture that more more so than any time in America's past, more broadly speaking, is a culture that I would say in some fashion is refining itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, think of all, like, let, let's just take one, craft beers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are... There's never been a better time to be an American craft beer. Craft well, beers. I think that America has become... I, I read something about Brewers of the world come to America, including German brewers, come to America to learn what we're doing in wow. American beers. And I'm not talking about legacy stuff. Yeah. You know, right. I'm talking about the new, interesting craft right. stuff that you mentioned. So right. you mean the Germans aren't coming here to learn from Budweiser? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the most innovative beer mm-hmm. creation of the world is here. Right. Right. And I would say it goes for all kinds of things. I think uh, there's people that are leaning into, you know, the old crafts, but like 
wanting to learn the young people, wanting to learn them and then refine them and develop the skills like woodworking, mm-hmm. leatherworking, um, blacksmithing, blacksmithing, I have a friend who homesteading, a even homesteading, uh, cool. uh, small home farms. Uh, what do they call them? Well, homesteads, homesteads, like uh, yeah, urban living homesteads. off the grid kind of thing. There's that too, like an I mean. urban homestead, mm-hmm. but I, but I'm talking about people with their own little farm. Yeah. I guess yeah, yeah. urban. They call it urban steading. Well, if it's their own, it depends. It, on, I guess it depends on the if size they're in of the them. country or whatever. I mean, yeah, like yeah. a micro homestead, or, right? But I think Thomas, that's a good way to kind of segue to where we wanted to be, which mm-hmm. is nostalgia. Don't get fooled again. <laughs> you know, yeah. the past is not where all the good things are. We live still in the greatest country at the greatest time you could live here. And we are capable of creating new, brand new, incredible lightning in a bottle moments. Mm-hmm. And we just have to actually try to do it instead of constantly look at the past and be reminded of how the world's going to end in five years. Don't accept right. that. It's not true. Right. There's a, yeah. And I think this is a point I was supposed to get to, but I didn't that you just reminded me of it. The capturing of the lightning in the bottle. Mm-hmm. There is a temptation to capture lightning in a bottle and then turn it into a formula and then just kind of live off its energy until it dies. Yeah. Um, and what that ends up happening is it loses creativity as it moves along. Absolutely. And I think we could say that's kind of what has happened with Disney and Star Wars. They've just they they bought the goose, laid the golden egg, and it, the goose is it's it's not laying golden eggs no more. Well, it, they're they're making it lay you know, an egg a day and the eggs are getting mm-hmm. smaller and smaller and more and more, you uh, know, it, bronze I mean, and copper. It has, gold. it has the look with the, with the new technology that we have for, um, special effects and everything are better than ever. The storytelling and writing is just, that's absolutely off. right. The storytelling and writing is terrible. Mm-hmm. I will say though, the special effects in many ways are better than ever. There's one area where star Wars fans are like, why does this look so terrible? And it's the new lightsabers because before (laughs) they would have a lightsaber hilt and then a stick that didn't light up or anything. And then they would actually be able to duel with them. Now they're playing with real, you know, the toy lightsabers you can buy at Disney and make yourself, but they produce so much light that it washes out the scene and then it just looks terrible. So it actually looks worse because they're using a more realistic prop. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. I don't, why wouldn't they just do what they've done before in the past just use the use the wasn't it like a clear stick that they that was there were the, many different kinds back okay. in the 70s it was actually coated in a kind of film so it reflected light but okay then in the prequels i think it was just yeah a stick and they cgi'd in the, the, the laser beam the, okay that's interesting you know the. yeah so yeah sometimes old is better <laughs> no i mean absolutely i think that's why nostalgia exists there are mm-hmm. things and experiences that we should commit to our memory banks and and reminisce on and talk about and enjoy i mean that's how me, you know memory that's why memory is so great mm-hmm. yeah but we you know we can't live off the fuel of the past indefinitely mm-hmm. no inevitably there will be a time where the future looks bright yeah uh but we just have to go through the hardship. And during that hardship, it's inevitable in my mind that there will be a nostalgia era. Right. So it's, it's for you, it's almost a chicken and egg situation where times are bad. Nostalgia is popular. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then 
I guess my kind of closing thought is just because a new TV show or movie or commercial or product has something that you liked before does not mean that it's the same thing you liked in the past. So don't buy into it just because it's got that thing. Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi is not the same person as Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi. I made the mistake of watching <laughs> The Last Jedi because I thought it would be Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi. It was not. So learn from my mistake. Don't yeah. do it. One last closing thought. There's a meme I saw recently that is to your point, Sterling, mm-hmm. and it's got uh, a picture of like a tricycle and like a TV with static on it. And it says, mm-hmm. you can live in the past, but it's a lonely place because nobody's there. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I heard is the past is a foreign country with huge oil reserves and an outdated military. We should invade tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one better. <laughs> All right. So what did we talk about today? We talked about how we feel about the nostalgia that we think is being pushed by the corporate media. Mm-hmm. Why it's happening. Right. Um, how it's inevitable. We talked about the reality of some of these historical eras, the eighties and how it's, you know, not all good. There were bad things. And we, mm-hmm. we look at it through rose tinted glasses and the examples of how current media companies are twisting it to pretty much be nostalgia and wolves or uh, nostalgia in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. And using the images to kind of get past the defenses and then stick their agenda in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, kind of like a alien, right? Yeah. Egg down the throat. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh. Speaking right. of a nostalgia. All right. And then we, we just kind of closed just now. And you heard that with what our thoughts on the way this nostalgia is being used are and, you know, what we hope the future will be, I think. All right. This is the Pop Culture Contrarian Podcast with Thomas Sterling and Andrew. We are brought to you by the Patriot Post, where we all work. Patriot Post is the oldest online news digest of its kind on the web. It's right. It's free. Be sure to like and subscribe.